0: Welcome to the Take Five podcast from Fortinet. You give us a few minutes and we provide five cybersecurity insights based on the current trends impacting today's technology leaders. This podcast series taps into the experience of the Fortinet Field CISO team, focusing on predictive analytics, AI, and machine learning. I'm your host, Ricardo Ferreira, and me a Fortinet Field sisu And today we are talking with Jim Richberg, Fortinet Field CISO for the public sector and Vice President of Information Security. He's gonna be talking about predictive analytics, AI, and machine learning in the public sector. Welcome, Jim.
1: Thanks for the opportunity to chat.
0: So Jim, AI, machine learning, predictive analytics, big topics nowadays. So maybe we can get this ball rolling, maybe answering on how machine learning and AI are currently being used in the public sector.
1: So let me start with a little bit of- First, the public sector is not monolithic. We throw it around as a as, as single term, but looking just at the U.S. alone, I do global, but I focus largely on the United States, there's a significant difference between the national level, the federal government, and state and local government in terms of size, mission, and IT and cybersecurity capabilities. When we talk about AI and ML, state and local government typically have more citizen-facing services. So they were quicker to use things like robotic process automation, RPA, as a way of starting down the path of of AI and ML than the federal government. And this was especially true when COVID hit, when we went from having five states out of 50 that were using AI and ML in, in RPA for COVID to virtually all of them doing it within three months. On the other hand, the federal government did more on automating the back office functions because they don't do as much that that affects citizens directly. They were using it more for things like accounting for for some of the things that were important for the organization to do its mission, but didn't wasn't as directly noticed by citizens. They're not all the I came to Fortinet after a career in the federal government, in the national security sphere, where we, we literally did the Mission Impossible kind of stuff that in some cases was ahead of the private sector. But as a whole, government tends to lag the private sector in its implementation of technology. In fact, Deloitte just released a study this week where nearly 70% of the respondents to a global public sector survey said that they knew they lagged behind the private sector in implementing digital transformation technologies like AI. And, ML. and frankly, I think that's generous. I think government, public sector as a whole is even further behind than that.
0: Interesting, Jim. Yeah, because a couple of years ago there was this RPA and a lot of organizations were adopting it nowadays with the generative AI but uh, sometimes I sp- I speak with customers and friends and we can trace back this AI back to the 60s when that Elisa was coded on Lisp right so sometimes it's that balance of hype on being a laggard or being a pioneer and balancing what is the impact for my business you know but one thing is is important and I would love to hear from you which is what actually has, What is the impact from AI and ML on the cybersecurity strategy of the government?
1: So, again, Ricardo, I'm going to give you a U.S.-focused answer. The U.S. released a new national cybersecurity strategy. And while it doesn't dwell on AI and ML, AI and ML are going to be essential to implementing strategy, especially that portion of the strategy that talks about investing in a resilient future. Uh, the U.S. government, federal level, was quicker to use AI in cybersecurity. Again, there are some niche cases where they were doing things that maybe even the private sector wasn't doing. And to the extent that this that the strategy talks about the need for increasing speed of information sharing and in cooperation with the private sector, AI and ML are going to be important to do that. You know, I having been in government, government can see something not understand what the significance of it is, much less who to share it with. And automation is going to be what makes that work. Similarly, zero trust. You and I both spend a lot of time talking about zero trust. Zero trust is one of these things that has its roots in government. When I was in that community, we, we had the need to know going well back to the early days of the cold. War. We had network segmentation. We had segmentation of where you could go even in buildings to control the flow of people and information. And then it got this label of zero trust. Not a helpful label because it's not saying we don't trust our people. We know it's simply changing from talking about a location-based way of thinking about this. But my point is, you're going to need AI and ML to go from static zero trust, things like role-based access control and fixed segmentation, to doing dynamic and real-time zero trust. And similarly, there's a lot of focus now on software-defined network, trying to be able to say users, devices, data, and compute resources can be connected regardless of the location of any ones. In order to make that kind of connectivity work, you need AI and ML for problem detection and for traffic steering. So AI and ML may not be called out explicitly as a part of strategy, But I don't know that cybersecurity strategy in the public sector, certainly at the national level, and arguably even at the state and local level, can be delivered without effectively
0: leveraging those capabilities. Interesting, Jim. But then, on the reverse of that, in your opinion, what are the potential risks associated with using AI and ML in the public sector as well?
1: So I'm going to draw on some of the battle scars and lessons learned from having led led this in government, where uh, it can make new kinds of data exploitable. Just as the rise of big data analytics, which largely are built on AI and ML to make sense of these data sets, suddenly made new classes of targets attractive. It was in federal government when we started seeing things like the the Office of Personnel Management, 26 million sets of records from people who had applied, who had applied for security clearances, or uh, when airline record, traffic uh, records started getting targeted, or health insurance data, data sets that if a human had to do the exploitation were impossible to exploit, therefore they were not targeted, suddenly became attractive targets because of big data analytics, which really meant AI. And similarly, generative AI, this open source stuff that people are focused on right now, is going to make spear phishing much harder to detect. We always talk about the human firewall, the, the user as the first line of defense, but the kinds of things we tell them to look for, even just looking at email phishing, and it was the syntax wrong, uh, you know, something doesn't feel right in this email. That's going to be a whole lot harder thanks to these open source generative packages that mean the attacker not only has probably taken your address, but they've taken a copy of, the correspondence from the sender as well. So this is going to talk about the things they talk about in the language and syntax they talk about. And it's going to be a lot harder, much less the deep fake stuff, voice and video spooking. So I think this is going to make vectors of attack as well as new classes of data, potentially things that the public sector is going to have to worry about hearing.
0: Interesting, Jim, because like you touch on the deepfakes and for example, I have like a smartphone and now when I, I get some news on the feed and now I'm getting some news like, oh, look at this lion on the middle of the street, look at this shark. And I just look at the thumbnail and you can see that it's a deepfake. So I'm worried that it's going to become more and more common. And that also leads me to the next question, which is what are some of the challenges and limitations of using AI, and MNL in the public sector as well?
1: So one of the big ones, of course, for the public sector is funding and lagged. And I think this was actually one of the reasons for the findings of that Deloitte study. It's not that people in government are dinosaurs, that they want to move more slowly. It's, I know we have a term in the U.S. government, there's a term called FIDA, the five-year development plan that, that parts of, that, like the Defense Department use, you know if you go to the private sector and say here's my five-year roadmap for buying a piece of technology they'll look at you and say i've, I've probably built amortized and replaced my technology two or three times in that time frame. so funding is is slow funding is not controlled by the organization and that means they're usually shooting behind the leading edge so that's one of the challenges and when i was in government one way my peers was fond of saying The hard stuff is the soft stuff. It's the people and the process. Because for the public sector to effectively implement AI and ML solutions, they need buy-in. They need buy-in from the workforce, and they need buy-in from the citizens that they're supporting. No one's looking for Big Brother or for Hal from 2001, A Space Odyssey. But they do want efficient and effective services. So if you can say to the workforce, AI and ML are here to be a force multiplier, They are not replacing or displacing you, they're helping you get your job done more effectively. And then in terms of the citizens we support, say, this chatbot or the ability of this ML-based solution to help you solve your problems is not surveilling you, it's not breaching your privacy, it is in fact enabling us to offer you more effective solutions. It's really about how you package and present this.
0: Definitely, definitely, Jim. And I think that's also one component on how organizations, there's this big topic on how to change the culture of organizations in order to increase that cyber awareness. But you touch on the spot on, which is on actually how we can present this to people so that they can actually understand the value of the AI MML. That's from a people perspective. What about from a technology perspective? Like you said, Jim, we both work on Fortinet and we have some amazing platforms in here that use AMML. So in your opinion, what is the value of a cybersecurity platform when it comes to using AMML?
1: So that platform-based approach to cybersecurity, which Gartner calls the cybersecurity mesh architecture, means you know we have 50-plus Products and services, not that that uh, you know, can share data. They can interoperate, interoperate, and and they can allow the data to be exchanged between them. But what moves that from good transformational is AI and ML, if you will. That platform approach is the fuel, and AI and ML is the rocket engine that actually makes it ignite. And you and I are CISOs. Uh, we all talk about the attack or. You know, that vulnerability surface through which organizations get attacked. And that size and complexity are our problem. We don't know what we don't know. We can't protect everything all at once. But the platform-based approach means that if you instrument the key intersections, of the endpoints, the, the edges, uh, connections between them, you can have a unified source of data. And the AI and ML means you can take that unified data, real-time data and make sense of And machine learning in particular is really good at, at allowing you to say, this is normal traffic. This is abnormal, anomalous, but okay traffic. This is potentially or definitely threat traffic. So it enables you to do that real-time diagnosis of what's going on. And then because the instrumentation in this platform approach are not only sensors, in most cases, they're control devices as well. They can be directed to take action so you can respond at the point of attack and inoculate yourself globally across the organization. And because these are literal global approaches, you may actually be able to be immunized against something that hasn't hit your company, your sector, or even your country. Let's face it, what makes AI and ML? It's data, it's big data. And yes, I've talked about how AI and ML will help attackers, but as a general rule, Who's going to have more data about a network and operations—the people who set a network up and are defending it, or the people who are trying to break into it as a black box from the outside? It's an arms race, and while there are niches like that spearfishing content where the attacker is going to pull ahead, I think systemically, this platform-based approach coupled with AI and ML works in favor of the defender. Now, again, it is an arms race. If the defender is not playing, if they're Sitting in, this, in the, the, the bleachers or on the sidelines rather than out on the field racing, the attacker will pull away. But as long as both are playing, I think this systemically helps us. So now, I've described how important uh, AI and ML are for cybersecurity. Uh, and the, one of the other interesting things from my perspective is the reality that the heavy lifting this integration of capability and big data analytics are done by the manufacturers, especially the big ones like Fortinet. So these capabilities are really baked in and don't require the customer to build or run them. And that's especially important in the public sector because they're short on data scientists and machine learning experts. Not only do we not have enough of them in general, but the public sector can't compete with the salaries of the private sector. But with this platform-based approach, it means that a local government can take advantage of this just like you don't have to have an aeronautical engineer on staff to be able to take advantage of it. So the way I'd leave it, Ricardo, is to say that the rising tide of capability of this platform approach represented by Fortinet and its Fabric partners means that customers in government and the private sector benefit from AI and MA and the scope and scale of big data without having to invest dollars or people. So, They can focus their AI and ML efforts on their unique missions or problems, not the shared cybersecurity challenge where players in the ecosystem like Fortinet are addressing it.
0: Exactly, Jim. A very insightful answer. And for me, I just have to say, and it is actually what propels organizations worldwide actually to improve and weave cybersecurity into their business fabric. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Take 5. For more information about the public sector, visit our website www.fortinet.com slash government. The Take 5 podcast is brought to you by Fortinet, securing your digital acceleration with the performance and scale needed to detect and prevent threats across an organization's entire infrastructure, including networks, endpoints, and clouds.